This podcast deals with issues about LGBT families and trans-specific topics. We would love to hear from you and welcome your questions and comments. However, we will not tolerate any discriminatory language or hate speech. So please, just don't do it. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, it's Shannon. Um, Before we get started with this episode, um, I just wanted to put a little content warning out there. Um, This one is going to be a little bit of a uh, heavier episode. Um, we're going to be talking um, a little bit about um, the shootings um, that happened in El Paso and Dayton, um, and the majority of the episode is going to be focused on um, a discussion of race and race relationships in America right now. Um, it gets a little heavy at times, but um, I think this is one of the more important episodes that we've done. and. Um, I think it's important for all of you to listen to. If you have any kids in the room, you might want to send them off to play somewhere. But after you listen to this, um, I think that maybe you might want to sit them down and have a good conversation about um, what we talk about. Another important point to acknowledge is that while it was first reported that the gunman's own sister was among the victims in the Dayton shooting, it has since been revealed that his sibling was in fact his trans brother who, though not out to everyone, used he-him pronouns and went by the name Jordan Coffer. Jordan was at least the 14th of our siblings that we know of to have been murdered this year. Please keep his family and friends in your prayers and please remember to say his name. In addition, there won't be the normal um, break um, to plug our Patreon or anything like that um, because I think this discussion needs some room to breathe. So um, I'll leave stuff down in the show notes and if, you know, got a couple bucks to spare and throw our way we'd appreciate it so with that um enjoy the show because the more divided people are the more power they have over us exactly um and that's and that that's what it really boils down to it's fear and power and trying to maintain it for yourself When we were kids, we met at camp. After college, we got married. Ten years later, we finally had a baby. That same year, I came out as trans. This is the story of our journey. Through marriage. Parenting. Gender. And all the changes that life brings. This is Our Our Life Life in in Transition. Transition. You should go and listen to our podcast sometime. <laughs> Might be a good you idea. You should. Mm, coffee. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it might be nice to, you know, listen to the podcast where we actually make work really hard. I am the podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> I am the podcast now. Okay, I see how it is. Okay. Anyway. Hey, everybody. Hello. Thank you for tuning in again to another delightful episode of Our Life in Transition. I am Shannon. And I am Rachel. And, uh, yeah. Let's just get into it. You, uh, you seem relaxed now. I had a massage. Yeah. And the dog is jealous. I don't, what, is, what is your malfunction? 
Why do you always have to add your two cents? Every podcast, you're like, I want to be part of the group. I'm part of the show. Yeah. You're not part of the show. Book her off. Anyway. Um, well, that's good, because we're going to talk about a bunch of... <laughs> really fucked up shit. Yeah. This is going to be a fun one. Um, so, um, we are recording this on um, August 6th. Um, and uh, this weekend was fucking terrible. Yes. Um, there were, um, two mass shootings, um, in one day, um, one in El Paso and one in Dayton, um, not to mention, um, the one, the weekend prior at the Garlic Festival in California. Um. Really terrible. Really, like. And, um, yeah, there's, there's kind of no words, um. So, but all too commonplace. Um, and you know, we could go ahead and, and send out thoughts and prayers. That, but that, I mean, that's not gonna do too much. Um, but still, <laughs> legit dog. Yes. I mean, we are sending our thoughts and prayers to all of the victims' families and that. For what it's worth. So, I mean, th- there's a lot of open questions about, you know, why these things happened. You know, the pundits and the talking heads and the politicians are doing their normal um, dance around um, the debate about gun regulations and um, whether there should be some sort of reform or not. Um, and we, this isn't going to be a um, podcast um, debating the Second Amendment today. But, um, although we could, <laughs> I have very, um, strong opinions about that, but, um, in at least one of the incidents, um, in El Paso, there seems to have been, um, an element, um, of, um, white supremacy going on. Um, the, yeah, there was a clear racial component. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit we're going to dive into um a conversation on race in america which is be prepared to be uncomfortable yeah this is going to be a fun light episode um so uh it's it's interesting that this topic came up um just now because i was thinking about this anyway um and it's it's one of those things that um doesn't necessarily come up in everyday conversation with me, but I have, um, I have a lot of different varying, um, identities. Um, I mean, obviously I am a trans woman, but, um, I'm also a person of color. Um, she's multifaceted. I am multifaceted. Like a diamond. <laughs> I'm very interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, so I am, um, my mom was white, um, and uh my dad is black um and um that's been an identity that um why are you <laughs> so close microphone access okay um she doesn't want to be close to me well i don't want you to break my knee um but it's an issue that um comes up from time to time it's always a fun little um 
jaunt into the politics of race in this country whenever um, it's an issue that I have to contend with. Um, and right now, there is a lot of uh, fear. Um, there is a lot of, of fear in this country um, as a trans person, um, as a person of color, um, as any kind of minority. Um, people don't quite understand um, unless they're living it. Um, and, and people who aren't um, living it um, don't necessarily always understand um, what it's like, um, don't understand how contending with discrimination and racism um, affects you and affects your life and affects society. Um, but um, I think this weekend is illustrating it for a lot of people um, that it is um, a genuine problem, um, which some people uh, don't want to um, actually acknowledge. Yeah, like wake up people. Like if you're just figuring it out because of this weekend, where you been? Get out from under your rock and acknowledge that there's a genuine problem with race in this country. But I'm not racist. Well, let me tell you. Um, so, you know, one of the biggest issues is um, just with the the pervasive culture right now. People want to pretend that, you know, um, the administration has no part in it and, you know, um, Captain Orange is just speaking his mind and telling it like it is um, and, and, and is in no way influencing or um, giving license to um, hate in this country. But uh, the, that's bullshit. Um, and, you know, when <laughs> the election first happened, um, I have friends who are conservative. I have friends who voted for Trump. Um, but um, I don't know if they get it now. They didn't get it back then. Um, and, you know, they said, like, well, I'm not racist. I, I don't discriminate against people. I don't discriminate against people that are LGBT or, or women or anything like that. Um, but you, you voted for somebody who did. Um, and, you know, I, I tried to explain this to one friend. And the day that I was talking to them after the election, you know, they, they, they came, went out of their way. I'll give them credit to ask me why I was so upset, why other people were so upset. It's just like, oh, it's just an election you didn't lose. Why are you so upset? Why is this so different? Um, and it was because of the culture that was clearly being unleashed. Um, I mean, the day after the election, you know, a couple of miles up from us, people were, someone was going around spray painting swastikas all over the place in celebration because, you know, the douchebag, uh, quote unquote, won the election. Um, and, and I said, that's why because um, we live in what is, you know, a relatively safe area. You don't usually see those kinds of things. And just suddenly somebody thinks that's okay now. Um, yeah, especially in the wintertime, you don't see that, you know, because we're kind of a, a tourist community. There's yeah. not a whole heck of a lot of people here in the winter. So for it to happen, like, in November, December, like, that's even scarier because those are the people that are around all the time. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, people want to debate that this is real or not. It's, it's a statistical fact that since 
the election in 2016, hate crimes have exploded in this country. Because there's been racism. <clears throat> racism hasn't come and gone and come back again or anything like that. It's just that the current administration has given license for right. every racist to come out from under their rock and be racist with little to no consequence. All the people that a few years ago were bemoaning how, like, oh, our culture has become so PC now, um, were the people that, what they meant by it's being becoming too PC was, well, people were saying it's not okay to just uh, be racist or be a misogynistic douche. Um, that, you know, people said, hey, what you're saying is not actually not okay. Um, and they weren't tolerating your nonsense. Um, but when you have, you know, the person ostensibly leading in the countries saying that this is okay um, by word and by example, then um, people are, um, feel free to go ahead and say what they want and do what they want. Um, and, you know, there has been a rise in um, attacks on LGBT people, attacks on um, people of color. Um, these um, and let's call them what they are, domestic terrorist attacks, this past weekend with these shootings um, are a part of that. Um, and as a person of color, it's whether I was transitioning or not, whether I um, was trans or queer, that's something that dis what, despite whatever identity I have otherwise, um, I can't escape. And um, it's something that I've had to contend with. I've run into and I have um, had issues with people throughout my life um, and there is an undercurrent in this country of just people who think it is okay to hate you for who you are and it's frankly insane um, on the other side of that mm -hmm. you're biracial yes so you kind of get it from both sides I mean I do um, and it's uh a fun little um, exercise in people trying to figure out what I am, which that's that's always the fun question um, when somebody has um, is trying to quote unquote figure me out. Um, yes, long before people were concerned whether you were a boy or a girl. Yes, before the, well before that, um, I always got the question like, "Well, what are you?" And you know, sometimes I'd, I'd give like you know smartest answers like, "I'm a human being. What are you? Like, um, are you an alien? What's going on?" Um, but it's, but I always knew what people meant, um, you know, they're trying to figure out my race. And, you know, a lot of the time, especially in the dead of winter, um, I look very white. <laughs> um, my, uh, my brothers who, um, are a bit darker than me, um, my, my second oldest brother, um, is also biracial and, um, his complexion is in the winter as dark as or as light as mine is dark in the summer. Um, and a lot of people think that for some reason we're Puerto Rican um, because um, we have um, olive e skin and um, our hair is dark and not quite um, super coily and not straight. So, um, you know, the, the one fun one was one point at I, I was working um in an office building and somebody who was um some variety of hispanic um 
she caught me in an elevator and was like, so, so which one of us are you? And I knew what she was getting at. Um, and, and I just said, I'm not. And she just looked at me and said, come on. Yes, you are. And then there were, I was with a friend who was also Hispanic and they're like, no, no, they're, they're not Hispanic at all. I'm like, well, what are you? I'm like, everything else. Um, and you know, I, and I do get it from, from both sides. I get it from, um, dealing with people who are white, who, um, aren't necessarily racially aware. Um, and you know, I'm at a friend's party when I'm 14 and just somebody tells like a super racist joke and then everybody in the room laughs for a second and then pauses, stops, and the entire room turns and looks at me. And, oh my God. And then, you know, and they're like, oh, well, no, we're not racist. Like, that was fucking racist. And you all laughed. So don't tell me that it's not. And don't try to downplay it. Like, you know, that wasn't. <laughs> if I wasn't in the room, you wouldn't all be guffawing still. Um, you, you just caught yourself because I'm standing here and making you think for a second. Um, you know, but then I also get it from, you know, the other side, um, from friends, from family members as well, who, you know, question whether or not I am quote unquote black enough because there's I guess there's some sort of measure of what exactly is black um and you know we talk about you know gender and gender presentation and um gender expression but um just as much there is <laughs> some cultural understanding of of racial presentation and expression um which you know and I guess there are people who think they're the race police. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, I have people who, you know, growing up, like me being geeky and liking comic books was not black enough. Me, you know, liking um, different kinds of music. Oh, well, clearly you're not black enough. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not that into JC. I'm sorry. N not my thing. But, you know, I like the Beatles. Oh, well, why are you trying to be white? It's, you know, I, li I like what I like and I, and I do what I do. And... No, I, you know, didn't go out of my way to act or look a certain way. I was just myself. Um, and some people get that, some people don't. Um, my oldest brother, you know, one time was having a conversation with someone else and, you know, he said, well, I just see them as them. That's who they are. And I don't understand why you're questioning what they're doing with themselves and how they dress and how they talk and how they act there is no standard and you can act and dress and talk and walk and be however you want and it's nobody else's business except your own um but it is a i don't know what it is there there is this tension to try to standardize what somebody is and who somebody is and who somebody can be i mean even to 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 now um, you know, until recently, I've just decided I'm going to stop for the, at least the time being. Um, I've been wearing a wig since I started transitioning because I was growing my hair out and, um, my hairline isn't quite what it used to be. So, um, I was doing that to, to present, um, how I'd like to, but, you know, I'm wearing my natural hair now, but, you know, people were like, well, why, why did you choose that wig? It looks kind of white. Why, why didn't you choose it like a blacker wig? I'm like, Cause this is the wig that I wanted. To, this is how I wanted my hair right now. Leave me alone. There, there's always this kind of fight between you're supposed to 
be one thing or another. Um, I mean, I, I grew up with um, two parents of different races, and, you know, they got together in the 70s um, and when it was much more of an issue overall um, in society to to be an interracial couple. And, um, you know, I will be 100% honest, there were people on both sides of my family who took issue with that at the time. Um, they all got over it. Um, but, you know, there, there were people in my mom's family who were like, oh, that's, you know, I don't, what, what are you doing when, you know, going out with the black guy? Um, there were people in my dad's family who were like, why, why do you want a white girl? Like, you know, the black girl's not good enough for you. Um, and... She says more about their attitude toward women or toward black women than it does about, you know, your dad's because... It's... It's just, it's stupid, is what it is. And, um, but those same questions, those same attitudes, those same issues permeate down when you are, um, when you are biracial. When you have a biracial child, that's, those questions come up. Um, and, you know, even now we're contending with that to some extent because, um, you know, our daughter is still multiracial, but, you know, I mean, Technically speaking, I guess she's less black than I am. Because um, <laughs> you, you are very white. Um, I'm super, super white. Yeah, there's that. Anecdotally, this is how white I am. My mom <laughs> did a DNA test, you know, one of those Ancestry.com tests, and it came back that she's more pure German than actual people who live in Germany. Like, that we're whiter... Than, white. than than the white people that we come from we're like we're like re- really white like, like like a snowflake really really white <laughs> you're whiter than the whitest whites that are wedding in, in, in the whitest white part of Germany yes this <laughs> does not however mean we're Nazis so yes oh. Let's just clear that up. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're also partly Jewish, so there's that. Um, yes. <laughs> but anyway, but you know, our daughter, you know, is um, the way she appears still can be confusing to people because her hair is um, a kind of weird, quasi straight, quasi curly thing going on but she's also blonde which is just it's it's, it's a mess it's a mess she's not blonde she's, she's got like a dirty blonde she's thing going on she's not blonde she's got like a sandy color hair yeah. she's not blonde but she's also you know doesn't have dark dark hair yeah. like we, we have well which is which confuses the hell out of people because they're like uh like Jen, are you sure you sure that you're this kid's parent because uh her kind of <laughs> their hair doesn't quite make sense I'm like well if you trust me <laughs> she totally is if you knew my mom <laughs> if you knew your grandmother it makes yeah, sense oh totally um, you know and despite the fact that you know if you break it down I guess she's she's whiter than I am I, she's her skin tone is pretty close to mine um, and you know well for the summer at least yeah I mean I mean she she, she but she does have a a, a, a olivey yeah Kind of Which, you. you know, somebody mentioned to you, I guess one of the other parents at daycare was like, well, I hope she didn't do that. But 
Um, yeah, you you told me that one of the parents at daycare just said to you one time, like, oh, she has such nice coloring, um, which is a weird thing to say. Yes, yes, because, I mean, like, a horse has coloring. Yeah, well. Uh, a, <laughs> a, a dog, I guess, has coloring. Well. A, a person doesn't have coloring. Yeah, well, that's there's a whole other deep dive into how people talk about um, minorities as well. Yeah. Um, but um, it's like saying she had lo- has such lovely markings. Yeah, um, it was weird. But what, yes. what was your response? Oh, I just said thank you. <laughs> I, thought you I, I, thought, I thought you said like, yeah, well, you know, she's biracial, or something. Oh, I I did. I said that she's biracial, and but I I just you know. Like, okay. They're like, oh, crazy uh, person. Okay. Um, she wasn't. Uh, to be fair. Yeah. She wasn't trying to be mean. But she she didn't know what she was saying was fucked up. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and that's 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 the thing. A lot of times, people don't know enough to you know know what they're saying is fucked up. Um. But I mean, that's. I mean, that just is what it is. Um, but you know, and you know, thinking about you know different ways in which I have to contend with um, my own racial identity. Um, I mean, even within the LGBT community, it's complicated. Um, there are issues within the LGBT community as well, um, where you know people think that oh well, you know, everybody is um, on the same page and and being loving and because they're all part of the because community. we're all part of this minority community I'm like well you know there's still you know people who are racist within the lgbt community um people want to debate about the um consistency in the design of the philadelphia pride flag um because there's a black and a brown stripe at the top but well the reason there's a black and a brown stripe at the top is because there were issues in philly about you know inclusion inclusion um, and so they said, no, we're going to be inclusive. And so they added that. Um, and and really, why would you object to that? Well, precisely. And that's the thing. Racial animus in this country cuts across all other demographics, cuts across age groups, um, cuts into different communities. And it's not just a black and white thing. Um, there, it's, it's a pervasive thing in all communities and, and and this isn't you know to be fair i'm not going to say that just oh well oh white people are all racist no i'm not saying that um there are a lot of white people who are very much not um there are a lot of minorities who to be fair have um some really fucked up views um about not just white people but other minority groups um and it's just fucking stupid it's just stupid it's stupid, is what it is. Um, but the point is to have the for this administration fosters all of that because the more divided people are, the more power they have over us. Exactly, um, and that's and that that's what it really boils down to. It's fear and power. And trying to maintain it for yourself. You know, we were talking before about how it's, um, you know, like the woman that you were talking to about the baby and her coloring. Um, 
didn't know enough to know that she was saying something messed up. It, there are a lot of people who don't understand um, these issues at all. Guilty. I, um, for a very long time, did not understand the uh, the little things. The little, I guess you call them microaggressions yeah. or things like that. The little dog whistles, little little things that are idioms and mm-hmm. things that get said in everyday language that are really, really fucked up. I mean, you, you, you don't know what you don't know if you've never been exposed to it. And that's my disadvantage is that um, I've always lived where we live. Right. Where we live is very conservative and very white. I did not have... Uh, there was a Twitter thing the one day about when was the first time you had a black teacher. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Never. Yeah, I never had a black teacher. Well, it was it was specifically black male teachers, but you never had a black teacher at all. I never had a black teacher. Period. Jesus Christ. Um, the first black teacher I had was in college. I actually didn't know that. Um, are there any black teachers over there now that you know? I don't know. Yeah. But, but we're just in a a very white area. I never. It's very homogenous. Was in school with. I was never in school with black students really maybe one or two you know but a population that was black until my freshman year oh in high school mm-hmm. yeah i mean i remember there were some people when you know i came down to your prom but um, right right but yeah but not not until high school so i really had no exposure to Black people, I think the first, you know, black people that I met and were friends with it was at camp. Was at camp. Oh, and I started going to camp when I was 12. Yeah. Just before my 12th birthday. So. You went to camp, met, met a bunch of <laughs> black people, and you're like, oh, well, this one over here, I choose you. And then we started dating. So. Well, yeah, but even before that, yeah. you know, that was my only exposure. And I will be completely honest, I, my family, members of my family have said very screwed up things about race. I think that um, in some cases it's a lack of exposure. In some cases it's a uh, generational thing. Mm Mm-hmm. In some cases, it's a pervasive loop of Fox News. It doesn't help. <laughs> so they, they don't I help. Mean, um, but so growing up, I was not aware of what was wrong with what I was hearing. Right. You know, and even right after we started going out, I guess. Well, I guess it was probably. I think we had this conversation like your first year in college or something like that Mm -hmm. where something came up it was before like it was one of the first rounds of talking about it yeah it was before like you know before all of the they were trying to take down the confederate statues and the flags and things like that more recently um but you know there's at some point we wound up we fell back ass into a conversation about the confederate flag um and at the time you were like 
yeah, I get why, you know, black people don't like it, but I, I, I don't understand why, like, you're mad about it. Why, like, you find it, like, so offensive. Like, it's, you know, people just think it's a, it's a symbol of being a rebel. And, you know, you know it, yeah, because... the, the Dukes of Hazard very, very much you know, <laughs> washed over the issue with the flag. It's not right. just about being, like, you know, a, 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 you know, and that, bucking the system. And that was legitimately my exposure. Mm-hmm to the confederate flag was you know the dukes of hazard the rebellious dukes of hazard (laughs) and leonard skinner to an extent like yeah you know so i did not understand let me just disclaimer here please don't send me hate mail i get it i get it now there have been many conversations and i understand and like I think Shannon will say that I'm on the right side of this now. Yes. <laughs> I, just don't send me hate mail, okay? Yeah, just leave, leave her be. She's she, she's with us now. It's okay. I'm um, evolving. You know, and it's one of those things that, you know, we actually, in that conversation, like, I actually think I wound up crying. Um, we trying to explain it because um, I so desperately wanted you to understand Um why it was upsetting and i think you know we had a conversation about to be fair you cry a lot well yeah i mean more so now but mm-hmm. um you know i talked about you know the clan walking past my dad's walking down the street when my dad was growing up in birmingham and you know some of the fucked up shit that he saw and um what those symbols mean and you know they're not innocuous there's reasons that they are used there's reasons behind even if like you think that oh it's just i'm being you know a rebel it's part of my history like well yeah well it's the reason it's it's a symbol of rebellion is because it's a history of um rebelling in order to um suppress black people um and you know and even more so than the historical usage the modern usage uh is it came back into fashion explicitly because of that um and people don't people don't have conversations with one another people don't understand things because they're not willing to sometimes shut up and listen to why something's an issue um right and they don't want to listen to other people's feelings about something because they're stuck in a loop of what they want to hear mm-hmm. and what they're comfortable hearing and they're not comfortable being told that they've done something or said something or presented something in a way that is fucked up a lot of people's first reaction when somebody says you've hurt me is to get defensive and put up a wall and and go no i didn't do anything wrong it's like well you maybe didn't intend to intend to do anything wrong but you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions and um it's 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 very easy to perpetuate hate and animus and racism if you're not willing to understand why it's hurtful where it comes from and look at the perspective from someone else's side you know and and it's one of those things where you know today i was listening to another podcast and they pointed something out about these shootings this weekend that it was the largest the one in el paso was the largest racially motivated um mass murder since 1921 since the um, massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma Um, 
and the largest one before that was um, Emmanuel AMA a couple of years ago. So, I mean, we're in a place where this is much more out in the open. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I had a couple instances where I, you know, you know, there were, I live in an apartment complex, there were some kids who, I don't know where they came from, where their parents are from, what their history was, but, you know, we got into like a, a scrap and they just very casually threw out some, you know, racial, ra- epithets. Ra- racial epithets, which, I mean, creative, I mean, what, you know, I, I'll give them that, you know, I mean, I, I never expected someone to go, well, you know, you're a mixed milkshake nigger, which, I mean, uh, well done. I, I applaud your your um, your craft, but um, at what this even th- is that beats the hell out of me. But then you know they even turned to our other neighbor who was um, much blacker than I am, and was like, "No offense." I'm like, what? No, that <laughs> <laughs> all the offense that's, there. That's, that's not how it works. It's not how any of this works. No, you meant offense, um, and you said it because you knew it was going to be hurtful. Um, we are in a point in time when it's people are unfortunately feeling more free to be openly racist um and um you know some people go like i don't understand what's what's happening i feel like i feel like we're going backwards i thought we were past this and just because we elected a black president does not mean we are past this people. Not all of us elected a black pe- president, and that's the thing. <laughs> some of you out there, probably not listening to this podcast, but maybe some of you didn't. Um, and some people explicitly because he was, <laughs> was black. Um, a lot of people seem surprised that like this is a new development. I'm like, well, this isn't new for me. No, that's just been an undercurrent for a long time, and now it's you're free to be as racist as you want. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, one of my favorite quotes, and I think I might have thrown it out on this podcast before, but um, is, you know, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. I think you've thrown that. I think you've found a way to work that into every podcast so far. Not everyone. I Maybe say, one or two. I didn't say it last week. That's true. <laughs> I was doing all the talking. That's true. I was just sitting If here I'd let her talk more, she would have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, it's long, and it's one of those things where I think we'll get there one day. But in the meantime, uh, it doesn't mean that it's a straight line. It's it's an arc, and there stops and starts. And but something that you said mm-hmm. a few weeks ago when you did throw that out last time <laughs> was that it doesn't bend by itself. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: I saw this on Facebook. I'm borrowing it because it is absolutely pertinent it's not enough any longer to just not be racist yourself you have to be we all have to be blatantly vocally loudly anti-racist exactly because that's how the bend happens yeah i mean for everybody out there that's going well i'm not racist that's great but if if you know here's another quote all evil needs to flourish is for good men to do nothing right if you sit on your ass and women yes not a guy girl thing and people in between um 
okay, we're, we're on a podcast with Maui is a hero to all. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I just quoted Moana. It's our daughter's favorite. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. hey, you're welcome. Um, but you know, it's it's not enough to just sit back and be chill, and 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 go. I'm not a bad person. You have to actively fight on behalf of people because there are bad bad people out there. Um, there are people who may not think that they're bad, may not think that they're doing anything wrong, but are doing fucked up shit. Fucked up shit. Um, thinking that it's okay. And they need to be called on and it. And they need to be called on it because that's how people learn. Right. And you don't know, maybe they're doing fucked up shit because they don't know that what they're doing is fucked up. Mm-hmm. If you live in an echo chamber, if you live in a bubble, then you don't know. Yeah. And you can't assume that everybody who is being fucked up is doing it on purpose. They might just be ignorant of the issue and even if they are doing it on purpose they should be made to feel uncomfortable for doing it right so call them out anyway that you you just just as you would as an ally of the lgbt community you know going back to last week you know just as you would advocate for lgbt rights you need to do the same for other minorities and be an ally there too and even if that only means calling people out on their bullshit you need to do it because people need to realize that it's still not okay so you know before before we <laughs> started recording and we were trying to figure out exactly where we we're going to go and how we we're going to end this uh i don't know i i don't i don't know what the answers are i don't know what the solve is um i mean I could probably make a lot of money trying, you know, if, if, if I did and go around like, here's, here's the solution to all of America's problems with race. Um, you know, I, I could get very far if I was the person that, that finally cracked that egg. Um, no, because even if you had the solutions, if there's not a willingness to implement, implement it, it doesn't matter. Well, there you go. Changing hearts and minds is not that easy. No, but the only way that you do it is by trying. By consistently clearly openly advocating for all oppressed people so i i mean you know the number one thing you can do like we said last week and i'll keep beating beating this drum until um something changes is get vote your, get your ass out there and vote i said it first like, i know i know where you're going i, I know the answer i know the answer know. call me, on me, me call me, on me, me. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> but um yeah so I mean, I know a lot of you out there are hurting right now. A lot of you are scared. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to get through this um, somehow. And, um, you know, the one the one thing, and I brought this up about, you know, LGBT stuff as well. Uh, the kids give me hope. Because, um, you know, there's a lot of them. You know, it's, again, people talk about like oh i feel like we're going back like well yeah we're going back in a lot of ways because you know there's a lot of kids who are out out there who have had enough just like in the 60s um and you know i'm hoping i'm praying that um as our daughter grows up um she's going to find herself in a better world than we are in right now um so but that's only going to happen 
if you educate your kids too. Yes. So we'll find some links to put in the in the show notes to places to go to learn and maybe um, some ways you can help out. But um, like I said, we're going to get through this and um, it's it's rough. You know, take a break from watching the news. Um, Please, for your own sanity. But um, self-care. But, you know, don't tune out. Don't check out because we're in a um, we're in one of those moments where you have to be paying attention. Um, But in the meantime, um, you know, until we we talk to you again, you know, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, um, be safe. And um, yeah, so I'm Shannon. And I'm Rachel. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Well, bye-bye. Thank you again for listening to Our Life in Transition. This show is hosted by Rachel and Shannon McDill. Our producer and editor is Shannon McDill. Theme music is Seize the Day by Jens Kilsoft. Check him out at jens.kilsoft.net. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash olitpod. That's forward slash O-L-I-T-P-O-D. Your support makes this show possible. Thank you.